Thanks for joining us and welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Periodically, we'll bring you true stories of angelic encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. When we come back, we'll begin our next episode. Hello again and welcome back. Today we're going to talk about a very uncomfortable subject and that is hell. Now it's something I think we all need to know about and it's very important but yet again it is very uncomfortable to talk about. We've all heard of people that have been taken to hell by God or shown hell or have died and gone to hell and been revived. Today we have a couple of stories such as that and we have a story by Perry Stone which I think you'll find fascinating. So we're going to start our broadcast out today with a story from Perry Stone. I have a very serious subject that I want to share with you from a story that was told me from our area here in Cleveland, Tennessee. The woman who shared this story with me asked me never to use her name nor the particular business that she works with because her job could be in jeopardy. But I was in a particular location several years ago and heard one of the most amazing and shocking stories I'd ever heard in my life. We were at a place where there were people that will pass away. Eventually they, they will go to this particular hospital, this particular center, and they will eventually pass away. And I've always been curious when I talk to individuals who work in hospitals, maybe in intensive care units or, or individuals who are there when people go on into the next life, do they ever have an experience or do, do, does the person dying ever seem to have an experience where they see loved ones that have passed away or they hear voices from the other side or do they see things? Now, in my experience of 46 years of ministry interviewing different people, I have met many people, and of course, you have to understand that my associations are mostly with people of faith, but I've met many people who worked in hospitals or nursing homes or care facilities who shared with me that they knew of people that saw the Lord before they died. They would see it in their last breath. They would speak it in their last breath. They would see family members and say, let them through, honey. They would see angels. How wonderful that is. Now, we would all like to think that everyone who dies goes to a better place. We would like to think that heaven is for everyone. And I do believe it was prepared for everyone that has a covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. But let me say something about this incident. I asked this woman many years ago, have you ever been in a room where someone died that went to heaven? She said many times. They would be singing, the family would be singing, and they would be, the last thing that would happen is the person would wake up and say, I see Jesus or something like that, or an angel, and they would pass in peace. I said, I want to ask you a very strange question. Now, this was a very professional woman in the sense of her job, her business, her education, and I was risking asking her this. Have you ever known of someone that absolutely died lost 
and they described hell. And she looked at me and I remember her doing this. What I'm about to tell you, you never use my name or where I work because I don't want people, you know, of course you don't want people bothering her, trying to interview her, hearing the story. So this is why I'm going to share it with you. She said many, many years ago, they brought in a elderly woman and the children said to us, now you just let her die here. If she dies, bill us for cremating her because we will not be coming back to get her to visit her or visit her funeral. And they thought, boy, what a very bizarre request. But they filled out the right paperwork and put her in a room. Well, this woman was going to die shortly. So this precious woman did something that she felt in her spirit she should do. She felt like she should talk to this woman about maybe her life, learn a little bit more about her and ask her about her soul spiritually, what she believed. Well, when the woman went in and talked, the, ver- the woman cursed continually. She, the woman told me, this particular lady who was there, I've never heard anyone use GD and the F word and cuss as much as this woman did. She was vile in her language. And she said, I just said to her, ma'am, I want to ask you a question, if I may. What do you know or do you know anything about Jesus Christ? And the woman grabbed the side of the bed and said, don't you ever mention that blankety blank name to me. I don't want nothing to do with him or religion. And she she said, "Okay, I'm sorry, ma'am, that I upset you. So the woman dismissed herself and left. But she could not get away from the fact that the Lord was putting in her heart to make one more attempt to see if the woman would pray a prayer with her. So she went in basically again and just said, ma'am, can I ask you one question? Would you mind if I prayed for you? She screamed and cursed again. Yes, I would mind. I don't believe in this blank religion. I don't believe in Jesus. And she just went on and on and on. I said, well, do you, what happened to her? She said it was a short time after that, actually just a few days later, when I heard screams coming from that room. And the screams were so loud, like someone was in pain, that we had to take individuals that were sitting in the hallway in wheelchairs and move them away, just get them out of the hallway from where this particular woman was. And they went in to examine her and she started screaming and she said, my feet are on fire. There's fire at my feet. There's fire at my feet. And she started cursing and screaming. And she said, oh, now it's all the way to my knees. Now it's to my waist. And she said, I'm going to hell. I knew I would. And that's where I'm going. And she just literally confessed that that's where she was going. And when the fire got up so far, her her eyes got wide. She let one more scream out and that's the way she died. Now, we do know medical experts would say she was hallucinating or she was on a medication, which at that time she wasn't. And so they would give all kinds of excuses. But consider what I'm about to tell you. How many people, uh, even on the Internet, you will see these particular videos have had experiences of life after death or coming back from a near-death experience and describing paradise or heaven or Christ or the angels or the New Jerusalem or something about it. And how many, and there have, by the way, been many that have been atheist, agnostic, unbelievers, and some of different religions that actually had an experience of dying for a brief period of time, being revived and coming back and describing a place of utter darkness perhaps a place of fire, a place of great intense heat, a place where people were just crying out. And I know it's not a subject that we like to talk about. As a matter of fact, to even talk about it and share this with you, I sense a fear of the Lord 
But it's something I don't enjoy talking about. But at the same time, I do believe that if we believe the words of Christ and we believe the words of the New Testament, there are two places that a person goes. To paradise when they die, if they have a covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ, or they are separated from the Lord in an underworld, a world that's underneath the earth. And, uh, you know, over the years we have done uh, a teaching called Journey Through the Underworld. It's It's a DVD. I did it from Israel. And uh, got a lot of comments on that, but also have seen a lot of people come to the knowledge of the Lord. Now, I do know, and I'm going to conclude with this, that in the old days, there was a lot of people that preached, they called it hell, fire, and brimstone preaching. Now, the reason ministers did that is because the scripture says to save some by fear, cause them to fear what's going to happen to them if they don't repent. Others are saved because of the goodness of the Lord. The Lord does something miraculous for them. Maybe he heals them from cancer or raises them from their deathbed. And the love of God that they feel that he has for them causes them to turn to him. Others simply become convicted by the Holy Spirit to where they say, you know what? There's something more to this and I want to make sure I'm on the correct side. And simply by rational reasoning and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, they turn their life over to the Lord. May I encourage you today, wherever you're watching me, and we have people from every type of religious background, non-religious people, even agnostics that watch us. But I want to, to say this to you in closing. Let's say everything I'm preaching about Jesus, his resurrection, his death, his, his life and eternity, let's say it's totally incorrect. Well, if I die, I've lost nothing. I've had a wonderful time. I've had great joy and great peace sharing that information with you. But let's flip that around. What if I'm right about eternity and there is a place called hell and you've not made your peace with God, as the old preachers used to say? Well, that means you're in deep trouble. So in other words, because I have believed in the Lord, believed in heaven, believed in the afterlife, I've lived a great life. So preacher, what if it's not true? I've lost nothing. I've lived a great life. And maybe you've lived a life, but if I'm correct and you don't repent and turn to the Lord, It's not anything to look forward to in the future. Jesus died to forgive you of your sin, to become your Savior and your Redeemer. Now, I know this is a different message than a lot of you are used to me sharing on YouTube, but I want to encourage you today. He died so you would never have to spend eternity separated from Him in a chamber in the underworld. He He died to give you eternal life. So ask Him into your heart and life and follow Him. He is the way and the truth and the life. We'll be right back after this important message. Hello again, this is The Watchman. Please join us each week for an exciting and inspirational podcast dealing with angel encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. So tune in each week and share it with your friends. After all, they could use a little inspiration in their life, too. That's the Watchman on the Wall podcast. And now you can find us on YouTube. Next, we're going to hear an experience that Lori Ditto had. Hi there, my name is Lori Ditto, and I would like to talk to you about a vision that I had. And my hope is that as you listen to this vision, that you will never see this place. It was 
August 28, 2008, in a vision, Jesus took me to hell. I didn't go to hell as a bystander. I went to hell because I would not forgive. You wonder, how did that happen? I've thought about it so many times. How could this have happened? That morning I was getting ready. We had a guest speaker coming, the sound man was sick that day, so I was running sound. I was at the back of the room while we were worshiping. It was a, it was a wonderful song, talking about the souls, how Jesus loves them. I had my eyes closed, and all of a sudden I felt heat come into the room, intense heat. I actually thought an explosion must have happened. I opened my eyes in time to see the front of the room change. Gates were opening, and a hand came out of those gates and grabbed a hold of me and pulled me past all the people in the room very quickly. I passed these gates that were at least six feet thick, and then these gates slammed shut, and I was placed in a teardrop-shaped cell. I heard right away, you are in hell eternally for unforgiveness. I was a believer, you guys. I would have never thought somebody like me could go to hell. I mean, I went to church many times a week. I prayed, I fasted, I'm an evangelist. I went out sharing my testimony weekly. I disciple people. I give my tithe, I pray, I pray, I pray. And yet, I went to hell because I would not forgive. What's it like in hell? It's horrific. The first thing that happened was the heat was so much that my skin began dripping off of my body. It was excruciatingly painful. I looked around at the people who were trapped in other cells. They didn't have any skin. It had already melted off of them, and they were screaming. And it hurt my ears to hear them scream, and then I realized I was the one screaming. My eyes were moving back and forth as quickly as they could, and suddenly they broke apart because there is no unity in hell. There were significant pains. I mean, everything was painful, but there was extreme things that caused intense pain. And one of those things was all the water in my body evaporated. And you know, we are a lot of water, but I was no more. It was excruciatingly painful to make that change. I looked down at my left arm and the bone in that arm had this yellow stuff in it. I now know that's bone marrow and it went black. And it, I felt this pain all over my whole body. It hurt like you would not believe. 
It was excruciatingly painful. Everything hurt. I breathed in fire. I stopped breathing. I only took small breaths in between screaming. Everything, everything hurt. There is no flu that hurts worse than this. There is no car accident that hurts worse than this. And and I knew this is going to go on forever and ever because hell is eternal. And the people who are there are eternally in pain. Before I knew it, all these sins had entered into my cell. You know, when Jesus saved me, he separated me from sin. Where did he put it? It was in hell waiting for me. I should have never been there, but when I got there, it came back. I I opened up like the first ones, and the first ones were all about um, sins that had been done against me. They're basically the reason why I was there, sins I would not forgive. And it's true, it seemed like there were a lot of them. But as soon as I processed those, then sins that I had done came into the room. There was no comparison. I have sinned so much, and Jesus had set me free from that. If I had only forgiven, I would not have been there. The section of hell that I was in was with my family, my tribe, and there were a lot of people there. And there were a lot of people there like me. They were Christians. They didn't think that they would have ever went to hell either, but they didn't obey. They had done other things. They had done things like not control their anger, been a drunk, sexual immorality they were there for different reasons but they were there it was unthinkable that I should be in hell burning I began losing this shape you see we're made in the image of God we're image bearers but this shape was quickly leaving and I could see in looking at the other cells of people I could never get to that I was going to look like them. It was a grotesque, scary-looking sickness. I thought it must be something like cancer. And there it was, in hell eternally. The worst pain that was there when I was in hell was I knew what God the Father was doing. And he took his robe right at his neckline. And he tore it. I'd never seen that done before. It was done the first time. And that time, what it meant was, I'm done with you. I can't tell you what it feels like 
to know God is done with you. It was as if my life was over and there was no hope for me. There was no way out. I was going to be in hell eternally, burning, twisting, hurting, and it just kept increasing. There was never going to be an end to this torture, all because I wouldn't obey Jesus. When he ripped that garment, I've never felt anything so bad. Then, just as quickly as it happened, I was back. And my life, my life has never been the same. It took a while to get to a point where I was free from the unforgiveness in my life. And in that time, I only cared about me and making sure that my salvation was right, working out my own salvation with fear and trembling. And once I was sure I don't have that in me anymore. I reached out to my family to help them, my friends. And now I want to help you. Hell is real. People go to hell all the time because they will not trust and love, obey Jesus. It's the most important thing we do every day. And so I want to say to you, if you're not a believer yet, you must come to know Jesus or that place of eternal separation is where you'll go. If you are a believer, I want to say to you, take your salvation serious. There's lists. We must stay out of sin. You must repent. What is repentance? It's four things. One, you have to agree with God that sin is sin. Two, you must feel godly sorrow over your sin. Three, confess your sin one to another so that you can be fervently healed. And four, put something in place. You won't do that again so that you can turn from that sin. It's a warning, friend to friend. You have time now. Take it very serious because the people who are in hell, they can't get out. God help us stay on a narrow path. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Hello again, this is The Watchman. Please join us on our new video channel called Encounters from Beyond the Veil. It's the same exciting content as our audio podcast, but in a shorter but yet a video format. Also, please subscribe so you won't miss any of our episodes. That's Encounters from Beyond the Veil, exclusively found on YouTube. Now our final story comes from 
John Ramirez. God bless you. My name is Evangelist John Ramirez, and I just want to reach out to you and, and just, you know, I, I pray that what the message I have today will really resonate and touch your heart, you know, because uh, a lot of times, you know, we, we are born somewhere, we we born into a family, we born into a region, we born to a neighborhood, and sometimes, you know, I remember I was born in the South Bronx, and, and, and all I hear, the, you know, the rap music and everything, you know, five gunshots, you know, this is that, that, and I always ponder, I said, but well, you gotta be better neighborhoods outside of my neighborhood, you know? just be this the work can't just be wrapped around where I live and uh, and I'm, I, I'm actually you know I, I want to talk to you about BC before Christ and uh, I want to say I, I, I'm, I'm a firstborn of a son of a devil worshiper and for 25 years I practiced devil worshiping like never before I was in the church of Satan uh, demonic church and uh, growing up being groomed by warlocks and witches uh, to be high-ranked devil worshiper so because there is a dark side and whether we believe it or not things that happen around the world are, are so uh, you know demonic and, and, and things I was in that world for 25 years I knew the kingdom of darkness the devil became my daddy for 25 years and I remember one day I was in a schoolyard and uh, there was a pastor preacher preaching and I was like seven years old and uh, he was touching people and I felt like man I need this man to touch me because my father was a warlock my father beat up my mom my father was a drunk he was an alcoholic my grandfather was an alcoholic and my father all he knew was to worship the devil worship demons and the Santeria and in spiritualism, and uh, that's what we knew in my house. My father would turn the living room on fire and take me and my brothers and, and really uh, make us jump over the fire to purify us. And, and uh, I remember seeing demons in my house, and uh, my mom was so fragmented and broken from the beatings that my father would get, you know, hit her and beat her because my father didn't love himself. So. Uh, he would beat my mom and take it out of my mom's and I remember there was year there was many years there was Christmas and we didn't have a Christmas tree or when we did have a Christmas tree there was no Chris there was no gifts underneath the tree and I mean my brother would have to fabricate make up stories that we had Christmas and we had gifts and we couldn't bring them outside and uh, going back to the past at seven years old uh, he got off the stage and when he came over to pray for me he passed me by so I said well my dad my real dad don't love me uh, so I guess Jesus don't love me so I went home broken that Jesus touched everybody in the schoolyard in the playground but he didn't want to touch me because he didn't love me and I went home with that mindset that he didn't love me and uh, so my natural dad didn't love me and this guy called Jesus that he lives in heaven didn't love me either so I went home fragmented broken and I said to myself well you know so at the age of years old I was inducted into the into the warlock I was inducted into the witchcraft world and uh, I made a pact with the devil and at the age of 33 my father got shot and got killed and uh, I became the high priest in the home and I, I went to witchcraft church. I went, uh, I, I got married Halloween. I remember I got married, had a demonic wedding. All warlocks and witches and uh, deeper demons and principalities came to my wedding, baptized my wedding, blood rituals. I sold my soul to the devil. Uh, I became one of the high ranked devil worshipers in New York City. From New York City to Haiti, from Haiti to Cuba, from Cuba to Miami, back to New York. And uh, I was uh, living uh, the life that I thought that, you know, I had power. I would ask to project and curse neighborhood. I would sit with the devil all night long and talk to him like a human being. He was right here. I'm there talking, taking orders and assignment, how to ask to project, curse neighborhood, drink animal blood, cut myself, drink my blood. Even today, if, if I can do this and show you the marks that I have here, that, I, that those are the satanic marks that were carved into my body. 
so I had to shed blood and write the contract to sell my soul to the devil. And uh, it just been, it was a, it was a demonic journey. I saw my daughter into the dark side saying, you know, what I don't finish, she will finish. And my only daughter, and I was very satanic, very demonic. I put witchcraft on people. I did, I heard a lot of people do witchcraft. I heard a lot of people uh, giving people miscarriages and abortion to witchcraft because I, I, I knew pain, I knew I was in love. I knew that God didn't love me. I knew that my father didn't love me. So I was, uh, I was looking for love. And I think a lot of times you know, we, 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 we downplay love, but there's people that join uh, dating sites and they join all these kind of things because they're looking for love. And I just want to introduce you today to the one that loves you beyond you can ever imagine. His name is Jesus Christ. And, and in 1999, I, 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 have a, I make a joke out of this. In 1999, I remember uh, Jesus came to my house and he came looking for me. I left my body and I went to hell. And I was in hell. I don't know how long I was in hell. I was running to the portals of hell, trying to find my way out. And the devil showed up in hell. And the devil said to me, I loved you, John. I loved you like a father. But you know the truth is the devil can't love you because you're made in the image of God. And the devil hates you no matter what. And, and, and the devil was saying to me, when I was in hell, the devil was saying, you know, the funny thing that when you walk in the portals of hell, when you walk in the grounds of hell, the ground breathes like a human being. It just breathes, you know. And there was a place that it, the fear in hell is so unpredictable. It wraps around you like if you were in a straight jacket. It's not the fear on the earth that when you're on the earth and you slip on ice or, or, or someone comes from behind the door and try to scare you, you just jump for a second and you're like, oh, you know, but the fear in hell is, 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 is it's sort of like a human person. It wraps around you and it just, this desperation. The first thing when I ended up in hell, I said, I don't, I don't belong here, but I did belong there because of my action, because of my decisions, because of the hate and the witchcraft and the, and, the, and the occult practices that I practiced. That was my life for 25 years. And when I left my body in October and then up in hell, the cross of Jesus Christ showed up in hell between me and the devil. And the devil wanted to grab me and the devil said, I have to destroy you. You leave me no choice. You're going to leave me. You're going to leave the occult. And you, I, I groomed you from the age of eight years old to be, to be my child and to take over the occult and destroy Christians and destroy the church and destroy people. And you was my favorite instrument that I was using to destroy, to kill, steal, and destroy. And now that you're leaving, I have to kill you and I have to destroy you. You will not go back into your body. And when he went to grab me, the cross of Jesus Christ appeared in hell. And the devil made contact with the cross and he fell on the floor like a toddler. I, it was no power in him to defeat the cross. And when I came back into my body, I came back into my body, I felt like I was in ICU. They were doing these electrical paddles on my chest. And I came back into my body and I gave my, my life to the Lord Jesus Christ in 1999. And, and it'd been, it been, it been an amazing journey. I couldn't even write this story if I were to write it myself, what God has done in my life. God took the broken pieces of my life and he put them back together. He has made a masterpiece in my life. Uh, I preach the gospel. I, I go around the world touching people's life and letting people know that you have a purpose, you have a destiny, you have a God that loves you beyond you can ever imagine. And it's not where you start in life, it's where you finish. Look at my life from a mess to a masterpiece. And this doesn't mean I got it all together. I'm still fighting the good fight of faith. I'm still moving forward. And I believe that God, well, hey, if you let him keep the pen in his hand, he can write your story as he's writing mine. God bless you, love you, and I just, I'm so excited that you allowed me to share my story, and I, I know that God is real, and I can't say nothing else, but the little boy in the schoolyard didn't get touched by the pastor, 
at the age of seven, but the age of 35 years old, Jesus didn't forget me. He came and he touched me, and my life never been the same. I don't do devil worship anymore. I left one daddy that I sat for 25 years. I used to take human bones, send them down. I used to live in cemeteries. I did witchcraft in every part of the world. I was known all over as a witch doctor, the son of the devil. And today I'm known as the son of Jesus Christ, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's not where you start, it's where you want to finish. And I thank God that he knew my address. God bless you, I love you, and I know God is here today and he wants to love you too, amen? Thanks again for listening, and if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. Also, give us a like. We welcome any comments or suggestions you might have. We also ask you to subscribe so that you will be notified of all our future episodes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Watchman on the Wall podcast.